This is Comet Picks by the Glick. And I'm your host, Jason Glick. Hello, host Jason Glick. What's going on? Oh, it's going fine, John. Just, you know, as we were talking about earlier, just to get, just, I'm anticipating the last minute on preparations for Faname. And just, you know, thinking about just like, hey, it's like in, by the time this podcast goes up, um, we'll be, we, um, we'll be almost getting ready, getting ready to go to that convention. Oh, yes. Where you can see all sorts of, well, anime and other things related to Asian culture. Yeah. <laughs> and more importantly for us, for us Southern California residents, it's like it allows us the chance to just, you know, get away from it all and head to a convention just, you know, completely outside of our comfort zone. Or at least it would be outside of my comfort zone if I hadn't been there. This, this, hadn't been, this isn't going to be my 12th time going to the convention. Mm-hmm. So, so there you go. There you go. And what do you have on tap for us tonight, sir? Okay, well, I've got a little something extra, um, like compared to what I was talking about last time, because I, as I believe I mentioned um, at the end of last last podcast last time, um, I did get my hands on David Lapham's um, Stray Bullets Uber Alice Edition. Now, uh, people who read the blog regularly will know that I expressed some some consternation at the fact that this was that even this omnibus collection of David Lap of his um of of his um acclaimed true crime um crime series. Um, it was it was basically a direct market exclusive. Basically, it's like it was um, sent out to uh, like comic comic shops could get this, but retailers like Amazon not so much. But um, hey, it turns out that I so I went out. I I managed. Um, I went. I was at WonderCon a couple weeks a couple weeks back, and I meant I got my got my copy of it, and so that was that was that was great. Fortuitous. I could have gotten it for less than what I paid for it even though I did get a discount, but that's completely irrelevant to the podcast now. Just forget I said that. And um, and so, hey, I was all prepared to, like, to talk about that and figured, like, hey, you know, like just just going on for, you know, half hour or so about this would be a um, decent po- decent podcast. But, you know, reading through it, I mean, it's like it's, it's a lot more complex than that, but it's also um, a lot simpler. But I'm um, talking about it like this also makes me, Basically, go like, hey, you know, like it's, you know, I can't just go on for forever about this. It's, it's it deserves to talk about it in like in brief. It's like in it's like in summarized in whole. So I figured, yeah, hey, you know, what else can I talk about? Um, in in relation to this, well, hey, you know, like Lapham, um, like you know, he got he made his name writing this series. One one some I won an Eisner for it. Um, just like a lot of indie creators. He eventually, um, you know, started working for Marvel and DC over, over the years, for, um, pull, um, doing a lot of, doing a lot of like um, work on their, on their superheroes. Now, I um, picked up the first volume of Stray Bullets, um, The Innocence of Nihilism, several years ago. I liked it, uh, but I didn't, you know, get that whole like, oh, holy shit, this is, one, this is like one of the greatest things I've ever read. I've got to buy all the volumes and all the issues now. That turned out to be a smart thing. Um, considering like the nature of this omnibus edition, but as it turns out, I just kind of like you know just, just figured, hey, you know, it's like maybe one of these days I'll pick up the rest of them eventually. But um, in that time, David Laffham did a lot of stuff for Marvel, DC, at, and Avatar, that and, and Dark Horse as well. That I I really didn't couldn't get into. I mean, it's like some of the stuff was decent, but not like you know, hey, this is like. But not like on the level of like you know what I've been led to expect, considering his the word of mouth I've heard about his work and all. Now, to give you an idea of the kind of a uh, um, mind share and acclaim that um, Trey Bullets has, le- 
I'm leveraged, like in his time as an indie creator, when David Lapham did decide to make the uh, the big um, plunge into into a into superhero work for Marvel and DC, uh, he went with DC. And well, when you're writing a big crime story, um, who's the character that's best suited for that? Well, as you said, Batman, then you were absolutely correct. Because DC didn't just give him, you know, 12 issues of Batman to, um, to write. They basically gave him, like, a 12-issue miniseries. It's, like, in the pages of Detective Comics to, to write. I mean, this, um, Batman, City of Crime, could have they could have just made it, like, a, a big 12-issue maxi-series. Like, likes, like, um, like Jeff Loeb and Tim Sales on The Long Halloween was. But, no, they, they decided to give the... Um, the big A-list treatment, and said that he could do this um, series like in the uh, pages of, of Detective Comics itself. Now, is it so? Um, I mean, like, did it pay off for them? Well, kinda. I mean, like, City of Crime, like, isn't um, it's like isn't like isn't like one of the best Batman stories I've read. It's not one of the worst either. It's really kind of middle of the road for the most part. I mean, you can see. You can see um, Lapham's style again, sense that he, 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 his his focus on the on the characters on the say on the minute of the it's like like of the private lives of these these people, and um, it starts off really promisingly with a almost like a uh, like a prose like um like an illustrated poem like with Batman. I'm trying to like I'm basically tracking down this one kid who's been been who's in the dark who's been. Who's on locked locked away, and he's going around just trying to uh, like I'm beating the crap out of people in order to find find this kid. And I'm laughing like does see does manage to um, conjure up a very um see very um squalid and um like and very squalid and um visceral um take on got on Gotham in the sense that it's like it, it's very mean, very dark, and very brutal. But in the end, you know. Because it's Batman, you know, like um, like hope triumphs in the end. Now, in City of City of Crime proper, it's like once it starts, you know, you've got, I mean, like um, there's all these little things with the you know, like the character, it's like with the people just you know just going about their daily lives, being uh, menaced by um, it's like by the pushers and the freaks, but you know, the Batman, it's like always shows up, like you know, for some of them just in time in order to um say. In order to save the day, and then, and uh, but the the main thrust of the story basically involves around Batman's pledge to a woman to say to um to sa- save her kid. It's like who's been kidnapped by um by by unknown forces. I mean, apparently, there's been a um there's been like a baby selling ring going around in Gotham. Then the Penguin had a hand in, and so did Mister Freeze. And um, and so you've got Batman um try, like you know trying to unravel. Unravel this, but also um, with all these, there's there these um, weird um, like body snatchers going on with all with like bodies made of mud, and they're going around trying to uh, like just entering themselves into it's like into the city and like and the inf- the infrastructure like places of power, the police and stuff. And Batman, it's like and Batman has has to deal with this as well. It's not Clayface, but it's like, but it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a long. Like along those same lines, I mean, like, I kind of I like the uh, character dri- character driven, detail oriented, um, attack that um, that Laugham takes with this. I mean, it's like it, he does a good job of like you know building up the uh, the, the the mini the little lives of the characters and the, all the background people just to make them 
you know, to make just to make them more interesting when the story comes when the story um, has to focus on them. In fact, there's one it's like there's one particularly memorable installment in this thing in the series where it's just nothing but the uh, the little people and just you know, showing them what there's what's what their lives are like in the middle of Gotham. And I know Batman doesn't even like show up until the very end until you find out that, you know, hey, he was this character all along. And that was I honestly that was that was quite quite clever. I mean it it does kind of read like it might have been like um it might have actually been a story out of out of the Street Bullets era, but it's not quite but it's not it's not quite. I mean really it's like there's still a lot of it's it's just not the story just doesn't doesn't like the uh what am I trying to say here? It's it's not quite um it's not as good as I as it's like Astray Bullets, and that's a spoiler warning because you know I really fucking like this. I mean it's just it's like it feels like 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 Lapsman just kinda like, you know dialed his it's like dialed his skill back, dialed, dialed his impact back, and um just you know told like a straightforward superhero story that was like informed by his by his um true crime by his um his crime crime story roots, and you know hey you know in the end you know Batman wins and we get some weird stuff like the uh, it's like uh, like his use of um like his use of the uh, oh the ventriloquist and Scarface which is which is fun as you see the uh, it's like the guy the uh, ventriloquist like Robin and um, Commissioner Gordon well just Jim Gordon at the time of the story this was take this is taking place they're just hallucinating um. The um, like Scarface just chasing them down the stairs, even though he's just a uh, just a puppet at this point. And it's and there's 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 fun like um creepy moments like that. But then you've also got just like the whole those mud mud creatures and that it's kind of like get the feeling it's like I meant this to be a kind of a metaphor, like you know for Gotham, you know, just, you know like rising up and attacking you know Batman, like through like through the earth itself. You know, just kind of like strike. It just kind of comes off as kind of like a uh, kind of like a, like a C-list villain. It's like you know, someone that you know he that he that Blatham may have wanted to like you know, hey, have like you know, lasting resonance. And since he created a story about these guys, and you know, people are gonna we're gonna like you know, keep using this guy because because of his resonance to the story. But you know, it, it hasn't happened yet. So, so Batman, you know, City of Crime has some nice, some really. Um, nice art from from her own box. Um, he's very detail oriented, but he's also, but he, but he's also like very very um, comic booky in his in his style and ex- sound and sound of expressiveness of his characters. I mean, it's it's great, it's great solid storytelling. Uh, and uh, and I'm kind of wondering, you know, whatever happened to this guy after his work here, and also for other stuff he did for Marvel. But you know, he he did he did solid work here, and I loved. And like I would really like seeing him do work someplace else, but but Latham, you know, it's kind of like you know, based on the hype um, for this guy, you, it's kind of like you know, not it's like it's it's not it's not as good as you expect to be honest. So it's so um, City of Crime, not bad. Kind of like if you're if you're looking for like a decent Batman story where he's faced with overwhelming odds, and um, and it's more like you know, connected to Gotham itself, then yeah, I'd give it a. I pick it up, but you know this is kind of like you know we're kind of like you're talking about you know bargain bin territory here or half off bins as I like charitably, charitably call them. Anyway, but you know, but Marvel on the other hand, like he's also done lots of work for them as well. And hey, if you're running a crime story for Marvel, 
Well, um, who are you going to write? And if you said, hey, how about Daredevil or the the Punisher? Then yeah, there you go. In fact, he wrote them both for Daredevil versus Punisher means and ends. Now, this this, um, series came out like in the wake of, um, well, in the middle of um, Brian Brian Michael Bendis' epic um, Daredevil run. And um, basically at the time, time the the story was written, um, Kingpin had been taken down. And um, Daredevil was had kind of declared himself the, you know, the king kingpin of Hell's Kitchen, but then you've also got all these other guys um, trying to um, rise up and um, seize seize the business for themselves. And um, so let's see, the story revolves around um, the Punisher trying to a trying to put um, put a stop to um, Hammerhead, um, like that the guy with the invincible skull, um, his like his rise, his efforts to take the place of the king, of the pink kingpin. Only problem is. You know, Daredevil, it's like, you know, like, well, he's also out to stop, stop the Punisher as well, because, you know, he believes that, you know, hey, like, he, like, Daredevil, uh, lawful good. Punisher, chaotic good, for lack of a better term. So, so you, the, the story is basically them, like, their their basic worldviews p- um, playing out against, against, against each other. And I'm um, also with, um, you know, the, with uh, the, uh, like, with um, this one, like, this this one little diner that the uh, Punisher, Punisher um like stops by at one point and influencing the kid to um you know pick up a gun and uh, start defending him, defending himself not through any overt means but just you know hey just saying hey this guy's the Punisher I want us like you know be just I want to be just like him and try to um you know like do something like like save my save my family and all. Now this kid kind of like in his this kid in his um in his um story kind of. Kind of like um, like basically is a um, running theme throughout like say throughout throughout the volume and how like you know Punisher you know like his influence on just like you know, regular people to say he's not a superhero he's this guy with a lot of guns and a lot of military preparedness. Um, the Punisher we get here is not the um, ultra competent professional that um, Ennis that Garth Ennis writes, but um, he's still he's still pretty interesting and um, it's like and it's and uh, it's I don't know, it. The story itself is just kind of like you know, like the same kind of um, you know, like like morality that like, go between the two that you find like in just about any any Marvel comic. It's like like in this day and age, in the sense that you know you've got these flawed characters trying to do what's right, but it's still kind of like yeah, yeah, you know, we don't really take a, a side on who's say on who's who's right or who's wrong it's like i would say it's like they're they're leaving that laughing is leaving you you have to decide who was like who's right in this situation but it's clear that his heart is really with the punisher in the sense that the character gets the mo- majority of the screen time here and um daredevil just you know pops in like every every so often to um do to do to to um do token lip service to the idea of like you know like obeying the letter of the law like got um, more than anything else um like still there are some there are some interesting touches, like the um, like it's like um, Laffin's use of the jackal and um, his it's like his um, manipulation of it's like like of the game of the um, conflict between the, between the two superheroes to his to his own end, and uh, and Laffin also um, also writes this also illustrates this series as he writes it as well, and it's and he does some and pulls off some pretty print some pretty decent work here, and there's also like a nice action sequence with um, the villain Bushwhacker who can um, turn his gun. Turn his limb into any kind of gun he wants, including a flamethrower, which he does by drinking jet fuel. So good times right there. So you know, overall, it's like it's not, 
know, it's like it's still kind of like the same kind of like, you know Batman. Some issues we have with Batman, in the sense that you feel like he's not that he's kind of like being held back by the uh, by by working with superheroes here, and since he's you can't really like, get into the same same kind of groove that defined his best work. And um, I'll just talk about this in brief because like I've read his I've t- read, wrote about his crossed stories on the site, and God damn, it's like it's he had some good ideas with um, with family values and psychopath, but he. But they just ultimately turned into crap in the end. And I did pick up the most recent volume at WonderCon, which um, which had I did it because it was half off and it had um, um, a story by Garth Ennis in there. But um, the story that Laugham wrote basically um, made me go just like, oh god, man, this is so fucking terrible because it's just about just dumb. Uh, you know what? Just forget I said that. I'm just gonna. Just move on. Talking about um, Stray Bullets itself, which after reading through all 41 issues in this omnibus, I have to go, where was this all my life? This is fucking great. I mean, after like all, I mean, it's like I, I sorry, come on, Jason, think, think, think. Like all the um, acclaim I'd heard about Stray Bullets over the years turned out to be absolutely justified after reading this in this volume. I mean, it's like the, like Laugham writes really, in, really intense, really twisted, really dark, sometimes outrageous stories about, about real people, real, well, people who feel real, situations who feel credible. I mean, it's like, even though like some of this stuff is like just downright surreal and since in like, like in volume two where you've got the, uh, like the main cast stuck out in like the middle of the, like it, it's like in the middle of the Las Las Vegas desert in the community community and trying to um like um get their get their guy elected as um it's like as a local sheriff. It's like it's still fe- everything about um three bullets feels feels credible and believable. I mean, it's it's not about it it has a certain um cast of characters. I mean you've got they're they're all memorable. I mean the if the series has a, a sensible protagonist, it would be um, Virginia Applejack or Ginny um, to her friends, who um, we first meet when she witnesses a man being—it's like a man being killed in an alley by um, by a guy who we come to know as a Spanish Scott. Um, he's got long hair, likes and is like got long hair, likes to use a knife, and um, it's cool. He's just you know, putting his finger to his lips to let you know, shh, nothing going on here. And um, from from there, she um, like her her world, it's like like her, her Star Wars loving world is, is traumatized, and um, she's never quite the same same again. From from living with her, from like dealing with her mother, to um, like to to work to, to um putting up with bullies at school, to just um eventually just running away and um and hooking up with people who actually who are actually on her same same wavelength, even though like they're kind of. They're kind of crazy and maybe killers as well. You, but you've also got you know like guys like Orson, who was like a you know, high school graduate, um, like had the whole his whole life ahead of him. But then hooks, but then hooks up with the um, the CD people in, in Baltimore, and um, apparently participated in some kind of um, drug deal gone bad with um, like Beth and one of her friends, and um, then he wound up just having to like, get the fuck out of town and live out and then live out in the uh, in the desert. With in the, like in the motel and just having to deal with shit there. Then you also got like you know monster. It's like the um, it's like the br- burly enforcer for one of, it's like for one of Baltimore's um, big. It's like 
big mob guys, and there's also like you know the finger. Like, well, he he's a he's like a he's a like he's a mafia guy who likes to collect fingers in order to just you know impress upon people who is what his what his deal is. You've got Huss, the uh, it's like it's like the um high school high school football player who uh, you know he's kind of kind always wants to like you know want, wants to get laid all about the pussy, but then after one particular night with his friend finds out that there's you know more to him than there's there's more to like you know what guys can do by when they're by themselves and just really horny and all so it's like i'm like this cast of straight bullets is really fascinating really twisted and the stories themselves are also just you know i really it's like really compellingly well written in the sense you know it's that there's not they don't feel ridiculous to the point where just you're just kind of like you're thinking, oh, that couldn't happen. In fact, the one point where I, where I did feel that turned out to be like a real clever trick on that left's part that I just I didn't twig on until the very end. So that was so I loved that I loved that part. I loved just seeing him just you know just writing about these characters and the story. It's, it's the I mean, even though this is like 41 issues and like together, Lapham actually. Um, he wrote he wrote this in kind of like a really interesting way because it's not one contains like ongoing story. It's a uh, it's like these each of these stories here in these forty one issues they're all self contained to a certain extent. So you can just like kind of read you could have just read one like um, when they came out. In fact, that's 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 clear that that's what his plan was here. Like he was just you know ri- like writing stuff that could be enjoyed on its own, and then once you read it in the in the trade paperback, takes on a greater significance. That's brilliant writing. That's how writing for the trade should be. Stuff that is compelling on its own and not just, you know, just, we're just like, hey, you know, that, that's not just, you know, hey, oh, hey, it will only make sense when you write, read it all at once. Stuff that reads good when you read it in the, so when you read it the first time, and then when you takes on as significance when you read it in the trade paperback. That is um, the kind of stuff that that's the David, that that film does brilliantly in the Street Bullets Wireless Edition. You can see that in here. And yes, you got some crazy shit which with the um, Amy Racecar stories. But um, when you read, all you need to know about to enjoy the, the Amy Racecar stories is that these are just stories that Virginia Applejack is telling her is telling you with um, Amy as her main character. So it's, I mean, and um, don't get me wrong, the, the, a lot of these stories go some very very dark places, um, especially when, um, so when Ginny and one of her friends are kidnapped by a uh, by a child molester. But it's but overall, like, I mean, the like I I really could not put this down. I mean, even though, like, yeah, I like I read this over three days, and I'm probably gonna read it again. It's like just because it was is really it was that good. I mean, and and Laugham has a new Stray Bullets series out called called killers which um apparently what i've heard is that hey you know like all the stuff that that Latham has um done since then hasn't he hasn't lost a thread with stray bullets still still a-list stuff and um fin- and, and a fantastic read so overall stray bullets the uber all edition yes it's it's 60 goddamn dollars i managed to get it for 25 percent off at um what at wondercon if you're clever maybe you'll be able to find it for like cheaper I'm at other places, but overall, even if I had to pay sixty bucks for this, it'd be worth every goddamn cent because because the stories it tells here were that good. And even though it, like there's only like forty one issues here, it's like I would happily read like you know another forty one more. And I'm absolutely going to get the uh, um, the killers 
on volume once collected because yeah hey i want i want more i mean even though it's like the things it, it the story which is like a certain amount of closure with this final issue like by the end by the end of it i was kind of like okay that was good i want more more oh man it was so good and um i mean if and maybe one of these days um Latham will be able to write uh superhero comic as good as create his creator his creator own stuff but if he doesn't hey i don't care but oh and if you've got long memories from my image previews picks this absolutely means that i will be picking up his um murder me dead reissue when it's um republished through them later like in a couple months so so like i said Tree Bullets, Uberalis edition, absolute must buy. Everything else he's done um, for Marvel and DC, meh. There you go. John, any thoughts? Oh, no, just interesting. Um, you know, uh, especially a recommendation there at the end. <laughs> so, um, do you know what you're going to be talking about next time? Well, since we're, we're going to be doing this um, from Faname next time, we... Um, it's like I'll probably it'll probably be time for another um, hidden treasures treasures of manga podcast. Oh, there you go. Hey, appropriately themed, correct? Indeed. All right, and we'll catch you later on comics picks by the Glick. All right. Bye. Bye.